Welcome back. Or if this is your first time, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Surrogacy Australia's podcast series with me, your host, Anna Mackay. My guest on this episode was a co-host on the regular webinar series that I run. Those one-hour webinars are free and will take you through the surrogacy process in Australia. You will hear from a surrogate or parent and there are opportunities to type in your questions and we will try to answer them. You can find upcoming dates on our website at surrogacyaustralia.org. This episode, recorded in June 2022, features Sarah. Sarah and Ben from Adelaide became parents to baby girl Evie in February 2021 when their surrogate and now lifelong friend Danny birthed as a traditional surrogate after a long journey first as their gestational surrogate. Sarah is also a SAS parent mentor and has helped many IPs at the beginning of their journey. Sarah has many great insights from having been involved with the surrogacy community for many years. She discusses managing fears and excitement as an intended mother, enjoying the process, engaging with the community, surrow dating, the importance of getting to know your surrogate and her family, Evie's first birthday, and how she worked through moving from her own eggs to Danny's eggs. The questions asked in the webinar were about the average cost of a surrogacy journey, average timeframes, and medical approval for surrogates. You can find photos of their birth on YouTube by searching for Team Just Right's Surrogacy Birth. That's right, spelt W-R-I-G-H-T. I hope you enjoy the episode. So we're going to be joined by Sarah and start to hear about her journey. Obviously, there's a lot that goes on in a journey to get to the point of being pregnant. So Sarah, I'm going to get you to tell us who's in this photo and at what point in time this was taken. So we have Troy on the left, uh, which is our surrogate Danny's partner. And then we have Danny who is pregnant at about 24 to 26 weeks here. Um, and then we've got myself and my husband Ben on the right. So yeah, this was our bump photo shoot that we got. Beautiful. I think I've got a couple more photos here from that. So some black and white ones there. Some beautiful, powerful images there, hands on tummy. They are. And actually I was quite nervous um, to touch Danny's belly and feel the baby for some reason. Um, but in these photos, it's probably one of the first times that I felt really comfortable and it actually like sunk in that, oh my gosh, we're having a baby. So yeah, I think these photos are powerful because it reminds me of, I guess, yeah, how nervous but excited I was at that time as well. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know you and I, I know these photos, but, but if people didn't know you and they look at that photo, they wouldn't know that story. Is it, was it because it's so long to get here? Is, was it a little bit of that don't want to get my hopes up. Is this really happening? Did yeah, you that was definitely it because it took so long to get there. Um, you know, we were looking into surrogacy three years before we met Danny and then it took us four years um, to, you know, get to this point and have a baby. Um, and there were, you know, bumps along the way um, with, you know, transfers that didn't work out. And so I think as IPs, there's always a lot of nerves. And I always had um, a bit of a wall up to sort of protect my uh, feelings and stuff at certain points. And um, so, yeah, not allowing myself to get too excited was one of them. Um, whereas at this point in the pregnancy, I felt like, yeah, you know, when you can really see that bump and you know that there's a baby there and you can finally feel it, 
um, like that's a huge moment, I guess, for an IP to be like, wow, this is real, this is happening and now I can feel it. And um, yeah, so that wall kind of started to come down a little bit and I could enjoy the process a little bit more. But yeah, I was sort of guarded for a while with that. And I think because yeah, there's so many appointments to get through too that are just leading up to that, that it doesn't yeah. perhaps quite seem real at the time. But and then, then it's real, hey? So. <laughs> There's little baby Evie, who is not such a baby anymore. She's 16 months now. But yeah, it's just, it, it is amazing to think that, you know, we went through this whole process with um, Danny and Troy. And we just, you know, we, all of us really did have such an amazing experience. And now we have this beautiful baby girl at the end of it. And yeah, our friendship and everything will cherish forever. Yep. And so obviously we can get to questions like that. So you, oh no, we just got these photos here. So then you had some newborn photos taken here. Yeah, we had newborn. So I think, oh, Evie, gosh, she was so eight weeks old or something at this point. And uh, she was not having a good day. The photographer was there. <laughs> oh. I think she was there for quite a while because it was trying to get happy steps in between the tears. <laughs> she was not having a bar of it. <laughs> they things you'll remember when you look at these photos but we wouldn't know that would we <laughs> yeah no they turned the photos turned out beautiful so yeah no it's sweet very important to get I think these sort of images like the bump photos and then yeah like these photos at a few you know days or weeks old and then um you know we've got photos later on as well and they're all just such beautiful memories to look back on and yeah remember how far you've come and you know remember all the emotion you know that you went through to get to that point mm, absolutely and I know um I've shared on social media too the your birth video sort of cop um, as a, photos as a collage sort of thing that yeah. I think together so that yeah she can go searching for that so I haven't got any of those in this presentation tonight but obviously we can see the final product here and then Evie's first birthday so that's Danny holding Evie there on the right um, and Troy in the background um, at her first birthday so that was at a park um, during COVID, we were restricted on numbers here, so we could only have 20. So it was just our immediate family, um, Daddy Troy and her kids, and then her parents as well. So it was really nice actually to have her parents um, there because they were an amazing support for Danny, and we've got a really good friendship with them as well. Um, yeah, so it was really nice to just spend her first birthday with those immediate sort of family people. Yeah. And I think for people who listening tonight who might be very brand new, um, this is just normal for you and I, but for hearing this going, wow, okay, you could only have 20 people, but you had the surrogate and her family there in that 20, like, that's pretty special. Wow. You must have, you know, developed quite a deep friendship and you have, they've become family. We yeah, we have an amazing, I, I just, I do feel like we're family. Like I would talk about, you know, my friends or whatever, but there's friends and then there's Danny and Danny and Troy, they are family. Like they surpass the, the friends for me. They're like, yeah, they're family. They're invited to all the family events. Yeah. What you guys have been through together. And yeah. I think we might just pause on that point. We'll come back and talk about the fact that this ended up being a traditional surrogacy. So it ended yeah. up being Danny's egg and um, husband Ben's sperm there. 
So yeah. she's Danny's quite a tall girl, as people can see. So Miss Evie might surpass you by one of her birthdays. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny loves to laugh when I put photos up, and she's like, she looks like a giant baby in your arms. She's like half my height already. <laughs> yes. But then when you have her on Danny's hip, there she's in proportion. Yeah. Tiny. <laughs> and last photo we've got here when that was this year sometime yeah that's recently uh we went to Cannes so this was our first family holiday Evie's first time in a plane she did amazingly like slept the whole way and she just had such a ball on the trip she just loved being in Queensland so yeah they were really nice memories there good and that's it that's what it's about making family memories and and doing things together isn't it so exactly so Sarah just sort of take us back to the beginning though because there might be you know some women listening who might have had a similar journey to you what what brought you to surrogacy in the first place and then how long till you found Danny and how did you find Danny yep so I um, needed a surrogate because I had cervical cancer when I was 22 being so young um, we sort of didn't look into it personally until um, I, we were married um, and so once we were married we thought okay like let's look into this um, at the time surrogacy was illegal in Australia and so we did look at surrogacy overseas in Thailand um, we had some embryos um, created and we tried with a surrogate in Thailand which didn't work out um, and then um, surrogacy changed and it actually became illegal in Thailand but then legal in Australia so we had our um, embryo set back we were speaking um, with surrogates through our Facebook forums um, Australian surrogacy community and um, surrogacy in South Australia um, we were just chatting to um, other intended parents and surrogates on the forum and attending the catch-ups. Um, it was at the catch-ups that we sort of got to meet um, some surrogates um, and we were chatting to one previously where things didn't work out with her because medically um, she was not approved um, for to be a surrogate. Um, so we were sort of back to the drawing board um, and then along came Danny and we were just chatting with her through Facebook forum um, and messenger and after probably like a couple of weeks I think of messaging we decided to go out for dinner and just get to know each other um, at this point it was just Danny and myself who went out for dinner um, and literally from that first dinner like we just hit it off and it, i you just get that feeling that you have already know someone you've been friends for a long time and we just hit it off so well from the get-go um, I think I just came home and I said Ben I think we found the one like we just yeah and, I, and the way that she spoke about Troy I just knew that Ben and Troy were going to hit it off which they did um, yeah. from the go. so that was really nice um, I think we met uh, in April yeah and then we were sort of sorry dating for a couple of months um of, of 2017 yes yes yeah. yeah so um danny has three kids and she obviously um 
needed to, you know, go through the whole surrogacy uh, with her children and wanted, you know, needed their support, wanted them to be on board. And so our first uh, meetup with her children was at the show. And she said, if we can take Ben and Sarah to the show and they can, you know, get on with our kids and have a good time and watch us interact with them, then, you know, they wanted to offer to be our surrogate. And so it was really sweet. We all just had the best day at the show and she had kind of filled the kids on, you know, that, yeah, if you, if you get on with Ben and Sarah at the end of it, you know, we'll pull them aside and offer to be their surrogate. And um, yeah, so the kids were involved with that um, and it was beautiful. We, ben and I weren't expecting it that day, um, but yeah, it was really nice. So Danny um, and Troy, along with the kids, um, offered to be part of our journey and for Danny to be our surrogate. That was, was it April, May, June, July, or September? So five months. Then we went through three transfers, uh, which were unsuccessful. Um, so sorry, we did our legal and counselling and all that first, which um, takes yeah probably six months to maybe get through all your legal and counselling. Um, and after that, we went through a fertility clinic to do our embryo transfers. Um, three that were genetically connected to you? Three that were genetically connected to me. Um, they were the only three that I could create before going through um, surgery and um, things for chemo, sorry, for cancer. So they were my three embryos that unfortunately didn't take. And after that, Danny offered traditional surrogacy, which was using her egg and my husband's sperm. Obviously, as an intended parent and mother, um, it took me a little bit to get my head around that. And I had to kind of go through the grieving process of not being genetically connected to my child after, you know, losing those embryos. It was a bit of a process. So again, it probably took me a few months to get back to Danny on that um, and just say, you know, yes, okay, I feel like I'm ready now um, and take her up on her offer. He was kind enough to kind of, you know, just go with me on that journey, be a support person at that time. And I think for any of the intended mums listening to, you know, that would be the question how did you feel about that and and it was something you could get to a place of peace with some couldn't perhaps did you did you seek any professional counseling during that time or you just had enough knowledge within the community and support to to work through it I just kind of worked through it on my own probably like three months so Danny offered in November um, and it was the January they came over to our house uh, for a, just a pool party and swim with the family um, and it was that day sort of yeah in January so a couple of months later that I you know I said to her that yes you know if she was still willing to um, you know go with that and and offer traditional surrogacy that we would you know want to continue um, you know with the team and the friendship that we had built um, so yeah it did take me a couple of months to really kind of work my way through the emotional process so and then you know look at moving forward again mm. But she was a really good support and just, you know, extremely patient during that time. Um, and yeah, so when we, it was uh, January 2020, mm. uh, we decided that, yes, we would go uh, on with this journey. And it was March of 2020. So 
bang on COVID, yes. <laughs> that um, we had to go through our legal um, and counselling again because the agreement had changed from altruistic surrogacy to traditional. Um, so we redid our legal and counselling, which took a couple of months. Um, and then we did our first home um, transfer uh, in the May. Um, and bingo bango first transfer worked yes. <laughs> which I was totally surprised I did yeah again talking about protecting your feelings like I wasn't I you know expecting it to work first go um and was quite cautious um I know the day that we did the transfer and Danny left I was already kind of planning like okay yep I'll see you this time next month and she turned around and said there might not be a next month like you know this could work like you know I, I could be coming back in a month and saying hey we're pregnant so and I it, it shocked me to hear that you know there was a potential like it could have worked and so I just yeah I it hadn't crossed my mind I was already you know forward thinking and it kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit to think that okay well maybe this could work and um yeah it was today, how did she tell you yeah <laughs> today two years ago that um so they went on a little family holiday um to the river yeah. for a, a i think a week or a couple of days um and on their way back so we uh, planned to do a pregnancy test on day 10 mm -hmm. um and so I was just kind of, you know, waiting for a phone call um, on the way back from their holiday to say, yep, yeah, we've done a test on day 10 that we agreed. Um, and, you know, with the results via a phone call. Um, but she just rocked up at our front door. <laughs> and I was oh, hey, I wasn't expecting you. And she came in uh, with Troy and the kids yes. and we were just standing around the breakfast bar, just having some small chat. And I, I sort of didn't really know what was going on. I was, she really caught me off guard. And um, then the, the kids actually gave Ben and I, so they had hand drawn these little um, train tickets um, because I had mentioned to Danny previously that, you know, a lot of my friends were having babies and I just wanted to like join the baby train um, wow. and, you know, have a baby. And so they had drawn these little yeah, train tickets and said, um, admit like one path to the baby train. Um, and then underneath it was like one mummy. And then on Ben's, it was like admit one daddy. Um, but that was really cute. Um, and they had the date of, you know, the transfer and everything on there. Um, so the kids, gave that to us and little did we know Danny was in the background recording as the kids were giving it to us so that was a really special moment um, for all of us and it was really sweet to have her kids involved as well um, in you know sharing that news and seeing our reaction and being a part of that and also to have captured that moment on video it's so nice to look back on and just see that raw emotion which I should probably go back and watch it tonight considering it. and it's that breakfast bar behind you too wasn't it yeah it was that <laughs> breakfast bar 
behind me that were all standing around. <laughs> because I've seen it as, because as you know, that and because Danny, the main Facebook group and for those listening, there's the surrogate only group. And so surrogates often know, you know, we're sharing with each other what's going on. And I remember seeing this video because I know you in person and I know Danny's kids watching that video. Oh, and then the realization hit you, and you hug her kids and it's just such a joy. That was the biggest hug. I just, I held on tight to clarity and while it was, and I, in my head, I'm just thinking, is this real? Is this real? And I was like, clarity wouldn't lie to me. So I'm like, this is real. real. I can believe it. And, and I think that's really powerful for people listening, going, hearing how involved, not, it's not just about the surrogate. It's about her, her partner, her kids. Yeah. They all come on this ride. And so really thinking about building a friendship with all of them, you've got to be prepared to do that don't you yeah a hundred percent um danny's kids were amazing just you know during getting to know us and being a part of the initial journey but once danny was pregnant as well you know the surrogate's family there for the surrogate when you can't be so you know when she was emotional and whatever they would be there you know just to give her a hug or you know to help out with dinner or sweep the floors like her kids were amazing at picking up the slack when she couldn't you know do something cool was too tired and yeah they were just always there for her and i really do give credit to um her three she's got three beautiful children and troy who's just the the backbone of everything as well so yeah it's really nice that she had that support and also from family i feel like it's really important for your surrogates family to be on board and supportive so like her mother as well yeah so that was really good you know that she's got other people besides her family you know or intended parents to to speak to about things and you know um have a shoulder if she needs it yeah yeah it's definitely a whole village involved there so well as we keep finding more out about your story let's weave in some questions so so i've got one question here first from carly so sarah you can probably answer this one i'm sure can you be in different states so can the ip um, and the surrogates be in different states in australia Yes, absolutely. You can be um, in different states. Um, and as Anna mentioned, um, it'll just go the laws, um, what is in the IP state. Yep. So even if a surrogate births in her own state, that's okay. The birth is registered there in that state, but that's fine because the parentage order legal work after birth will get done back in the IP state. So yes, Carly, um, plenty of teams do that. Um, perhaps some teams who already know each other, like if you have a sister or a cousin or a friend interstate um, and they're the one that's offered to be a surrogate, well, finding a surrogate is probably the hardest part in well, one of the hardest parts in this journey. So um, yeah, really do explore options if that happens. I'm trying to think if there's any other there's lots of little specifics for example unless you're in Tasmania as the IP then you have to have a Tasmanian surrogate um so Carly I hope you're not in Tasmania then in that sense um there's lots of little ins and outs of each state maybe in our lifetime we'll see uniform laws there but um who knows because I mean you're a mentor so you have these chats with people very you know regularly either online or in person sometimes what's some sort of you know beginner guidance that you regularly would say to people um, a lot of people are probably quite nervous, yeah, about finding a surrogate, um, inquisitive about costs involved, um, and just, yeah, how long it takes, um, to go through the process. Personally, I found, um, 
finding a surrogate is probably the hardest part, but once you have found someone and, and if it is um, a family member, you know, I think that's awesome having, a, you know, somebody that you already know and, you know, you've already got that kind of friendship there that and family member that you can you know build on your surrogacy journey um in terms of going through the counseling and legal it doesn't take that long it's something that it's worth you know spending extra time getting to know your surrogate and her family and building that relationship before you know you go down your surrogacy um and uh before you go down your legal and counseling because it's um and as well well surrogacy um the legal and counseling side of it it's important to i'd probably suggest doing counseling first in my opinion counseling first before legal because the counseling report for us formed a part of your legal agreement yes so for that reason i would do the counseling first and also some, some surrogates have medical checks um, prior to offering um, being a surrogate. If they haven't, um, I think suggesting that your surrogate um, has a medical check, that's probably something that we hadn't done with our previous surrogate. And so we'd already sort of, you know, spent the time forming that friendship and actually um, doing some of our counselling. And then she was ruled out medically. So I think, yeah, just trying to do things in the right order of like maybe, um, yeah, getting your medical check, especially for your surrogate first, um, doing your counselling and then doing your legals is probably the order in which I would suggest going through the process. Yeah, that's good advice. And I'm just going to add some bits onto that. So um, for IPs listening, um, I would encourage you to come along to a surrogate webinar because I take uh, like, because it's a, a, imagining surrogates are listening, but in case you get a woman in your life, step forward in the future and offer to be a surrogate or going, I, I might be able to do this, but I'm not sure. She's going to have lots of questions about if she's eligible and medical questions. And so by coming along and hearing about surrogate eligibility will empower you with information um, about, yeah, basically if she's fit and healthy enough to have another pregnancy or not. I guess a bit of a plug for SAS there. All of our surrogates and IPs um, go through medical checks and we cover the costs of that for surrogates. So the surrogates has an extended chat with her GP with a form from our website and they talk about a lot of those um, previous pregnancies and births and that's the opportunity to maybe flag if there's something there so I guess the surrogates that come through SAS are um, as checked as they could be other things could obviously crop up and then even if you do meet your own surrogate I would encourage you to all come through SAS because it can be a little bit tricky and awkward then to ask your friend or family member can you go have a medical check whereas if you sort of say oh well SAS suggests that you do this step then you can sort of blame it on us there so that's some, yeah, just going off some suggestions that Sarah has put in there. And there's also discussion questions that we've got in our portal for all those things that you would talk about so that you're prepared for counselling here. Um, I might do the next two questions, Sarah, because I've probably got um, a bit of the overview of that. Swati's asked one and then anonymous. The two classic questions are how much does it roughly cost and how long does it roughly take? Okay, cost-wise, it can vary hugely. On average, it's about let's say about $60,000 um, with a range of about $35,000 up to about $90,000. And why there's a range is, um, so if you're down the lower end, it might mean you've already got embryos or you only needed one egg collection. 
It worked on the first embryo transfer. You didn't have interstate travel. You didn't really have loss of wages for your surrogate uh, or many expenses along the way. Um, our team had two egg collection cycles and a few transfers. That's why we're closer to the 60,000. And then at the top, it would have been um, interstate teams. So the IPs would have had quite a bit of interstate travel. Maybe there was some loss of wages to cover there and a couple of embryo transfers. Average duration against Swati, there's no national database for um, every team. So I've gathered some data from surrogates over a four year period. Average duration from perhaps the time a surrogate says, yes, I think I could be your surrogate. And then you take some time to either discuss that with your friend or get to know each other, do the paperwork. You could get it done in two years. Probably an average is probably more like two and a half years. That's what it was for us, Sarah. It's probably a little bit longer than for your team from first chat with Danny to birth, nearly yeah. Three, uh, four years. Yeah, so we know each other four years now. So yeah, three, four years to, to kind birth. of get there. Yeah. The tricky thing is there's no guarantees, are there? You could go through all of this and still not have a live baby at the end. So it's hard to find an average. Um, Melissa does ask Sarah, I wonder if you could expand on any that come off to the top of your head there. Um, what sort of medical issues rule out surrogates? So um, so the medical issue with our previous surrogate is she had, I'm just trying to get this right. I think she had seven children of her own um, and she offered to be a surrogate and just medically, because the more children you have, it puts you in a higher risk category of complications and so medically her gynecologist um didn't recommend surrogacy for her um she then went on to have more of her own children which you know there's nothing ruling out her having more of her own i think she kind of did it to prove the gyno wrong <laughs> in the <laughs> end yeah but um yeah so just medically um yeah, in her instance, yeah, because it put her in a high risk category. But I think that would be if, if there was anything that put um, the surrogate in a high risk category. So if they were potentially, you know, at risk of, you know, diabetes or, um, you know, if there was any blood clots, if there was anything that would put the, the surrogate in a high risk category, yeah, I think there might be further consideration around approving that. There's not too many in my time that I know of that have been ruled out. Um, and, and that's why it's, it's better to get it ruled out earlier on than later. That's why we have these checks and Sarah suggests them at the beginning. Yeah. The, the rule of thumb is, Melissa, if, if she's fit and healthy enough to have another pregnancy, if she wanted to keep a kid, then she's probably fit and healthy enough to be a surrogate. Obviously, the, so if you've already had seven kids, it's not to say she couldn't have another healthy pregnancy, but there's a lot of play here in surrogacy. There's a lot of people depending on this working well. So I suppose some doctors might be hesitant. I mean, you could doctor shop around, but I hope that sort of answers your question, Melissa, there. But come back and ask another one if you need. And Carly asks, um, can you get a loan to help pay for surrogates? Sarah, what your knowledge on this one? I don't think. I personally wouldn't if you can't afford at the time I'd rather spend that time getting to know your surrogate and potentially saving but also don't be scared about the cost because it's not like 
60 grand just comes out of your bank account like in one chunk like that doesn't happen um you know if you take the time to get to know your surrogate over you know 12 months and then you've got six months of legal and counseling and you know six months of transfer there's two years so already you've got two years of savings behind you um and when you pay for things it's kind of i guess in the moment so you know when your legal stuff comes up you pay for that in the moment and then you know if you can't afford to do your counseling straight after that you might wait a couple of months do your counseling and pay for that when you can so um and when it comes to things you know then the rest of it is really during you know pregnancy and kind of later on you know during pregnancy um you might be spending money on things you know like um uh, appointments or massages acupuncture like anything it could be you know clothes maternity things anything directly related to surrogacy and then towards the birth nursery yeah but even for danny you know it could be things like um you know your pre uh, your vitamins things like that there's milk bags if you're expressing milk um you know we bought um robes and everything for the hospital to pack in the bag all your baby things so yeah it's kind of you know i think more costs come later down the track if you've already been through um all of your costs um prior to that in terms of you know making embryos and the transfers yeah so yes they are staggered so Kelly, i hope that helps a little bit but I mean, it's a reality that surrogacy is kind of like a middle class or above thing to do, isn't it? That it's it's not cheap. Um, I think I would recommend having 10,000 saved to start with um, and knowing that you're then going to be adding on to your savings. But you, the surrogates need to know that you've got a backup plan. And so that's something the boys and I talked about really early on that because I, 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 you know, quizzed them and sort of said, how much do you think this is going to cost? And, and Brendan said, oh, 30,000. And I think I said, and the rest, <laughs> you know, not necessarily knowing, but then they said that they were interviewing me as much as I was interviewing them. But, but it was, for me, it was knowing that they had a backup. So in case there was a large sum, or let's say I was pregnant and was bedridden for 20 weeks, you know, I got to 20 weeks of pregnancy and the doctor said to save Anna's life and the baby's life, she's on bed rest now. And they would then have to cover my wage so that my family can still pay the bills. I needed to know where they would get that money from if they didn't have it all straight up. And so it was basically knowing that their parents were on board and that they would spot them, you know, each a $5,000 loan so that I wouldn't be, my family wouldn't be out of pocket. And then that's up to the boys to navigate with their parents and pay back. And so, you know, you can't get a loan for this sort of thing. There may be some people that access their super to pay for specific things like IVF different ways calling on equity of your house you know other family and friends you need to know sort of what backup you've got there but it's a good question Carly because this this can be an expensive venture can't it what what's something you've learned about yourself during this whole journey has it changed anything for you individually um to I guess let my walls down a little bit and you know just enjoy every moment um sometimes that was hard to enjoy every moment um and Danny kept a really good journal and photos and actually gave that to me for Evie's first birthday um as her present like her journal that she kept and I sort of didn't want to keep anything from failed transfers and anything like that where she still kind of documented it and now looking back on it you know I've 
Evie's here and I've, you know, got my girl, it's like it's easier to now look back on that. And I'm actually grateful that she has kept things from the whole journey and not just, um, yeah. So for me, just learning to, you know, let my walls down and to enjoy, you know, the process and the milestones for what they are. And, you know, even if it's hard, you know, things that you're working through together, that's what makes your team stronger at the end of it. So, and that's what helps you through birth, you know, those tough times that we went through in, you know, the transfers not working and things not going our way, that's what brings you closer. So that at birth, you're like, wow, if we can get through, you know, all that other stuff together, then, you know, we, we, we're a solid team going into this birth. And, you know, in birth, I think you just need to, you know, be solid and there's a lot of trust there. You know, your your surrogate is, you know, trusting in you and you're trusting in her to birth your child. So, you know, in that room is such a special moment that, um, you know, you're her support person as well as her, her partner. You know, she needs to have that trust in you to be her support person. And yeah, I really felt like all of our battles brought us closer together um, to be in that room together. That's beautiful. And that it really culminated in that. And having had some of those setbacks, as hard as they are at the time, actually strengthens you as a team, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now I can sort of appreciate the setbacks and know the strength that it gave us and that it made our team stronger. Um, and yeah, just the appreciation that, you know, for Danny, that she kept, you know, everything from our whole journey, you know, parts that I probably, you know, blocked out at the time. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to end tonight. Just, you know, rem remembering that it is a, a journey up and down and that yeah. it's going to make you a, a strong couple and an individual and a team when you find that team. Yeah. And just, you know, appreciate all the, the little milestones, no matter how big or small, it's your journey. Um, and whether it's up or down, just appreciate all the little milestones that you go through because when you get to the end of it, it is really nice to look back on everything. Thank you for joining me. On our YouTube channel, you will find many other episodes as well as the images mentioned in this webinar. If you're looking for more resources, check out the show notes for this episode and consider joining us in one of our webinars so you can have your questions answered on the spot. Please subscribe to this podcast if you found it valuable and share it with someone so they too can benefit from this conversation. Until next time, welcome to the village.